what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. But he was a skeezy dude for, for quite a while. Wait, wait, Frank, Frank. You're not yeah. Lutheran? <laughs> One not concurrent. He's not a bad person, he's just trying to get late. Welcome to Worth the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. With me as always, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Mike. Hello, Eddie. Mike, would you like to hear me tell a joke? That's right. This week's movie, Catch Me If You Can, released Christmas Day of 2002. The budget of $52 million dollars. Brought in a gross of $164 million in the United States, so uh, quite a nice turnaround. Worldwide, I don't always have the stat, but they happen to have it, $352 million worldwide, so more than doubled uh, the U.S. gross. So that's quite a, quite a nice international audience, which that's the kind of thing uh-huh. Leo pulls in. So, uh, Mike, what would you guess the Rotten Tomato score is on this movie? Rotten Tomatoes, man. Like I said I haven't the, looked at this for a while. The, I know the IMDb the, was like an eight-ish, eight point one, very high. With the audience, maybe. I bet you they gave it like a a nine ninety-ish. Maybe a little is, higher than is, ninety. Yeah, audience is eighty-nine. So you're you're right on there. Uh, what do you guess the critic score is, though? They probably liked it. Probably like 87. 96%. The critics love this one. Dang. Yes, the critics love this movie. And I can see why. Like, it's a good movie. It's got good flow. It's got a great plot. It's a fun story. Good acting. And I'm sure there's... It's not people that are, or anything. No, and people that are actual, like, film people probably really like what the aesthetics of the movie. Because it's an aesthetic, good-looking movie, too. All right, so the cast, usually I have to name off movies that these people are in, but there's some major, major, major stars in this movie, including Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays Frank William Abigail Jr. If you don't know who he is, I don't know what to tell you. Christopher Walken, who plays Frank William Abigail Sr., who we'll get into in a little bit. Tom Hanks, who plays Carl Hanratty, same thing as Leo. Uh, Martin Sheen, who plays Roger Strong. He was on The West Wing, Apocalypse Now, Wall Street. Amy Adams plays his daughter, Brenda. She was in Charlie Wilson's War, which is one of my favorite movies. We'll be doing it some point soon. Uh, recently, the movie Arrival, which I think she was nominated for an Oscar for, and American Hustle, which she also was nominated for an Oscar for. A couple other people in this movie that I wanted to mention. James Brolin makes a nice uh, cameo in this movie. He plays Jack Barnes. That is, yes, Josh Brolin's dad. He had a lot of movies before our time, I'll say. But he's in a current show on TV called Life in Pieces. If you haven't seen it, really funny. Really good show. And then the other person I want to mention is Chris Ellis. He is not Tom Hanks' boss, but he's one of the other special agents. You see him early on. He was in Armageddon. He was in That Thing You Do. He was in Apollo 13. He's been in about every TV show ever. Just uh, He's that guy you would recognize when you saw him. Mike, you want to get into the synopsis of the movie? I can certainly do that. All right, we have 16-year-old Frank Abagnale Jr. He grew up in uh, around the 1960s, 
loved his father, uh, who just happened to be in trouble with the IRS. When his parents divorce, Frank runs away with $25 in his checking account, vowing to regain his father's losses and try to get his parents back together. He begins to do this as a con artist. Uh, he begins with just some bad check writing and then graduates to forging checks. His scam escalates when he decides to personating a Pan Am co-pilot. Not only does he start forging Pan Am paychecks, he starts hitching rides on the airlines for free. The cons and deceptions continue to get more and more elaborate with him impersonating a doctor, a lawyer, and writing fake checks totaling millions of dollars. It doesn't take the FBI long to start catching on to his plan. They send on him Carl Hanratty, makes it a personal mission to bring Frank to justice. However, Frank's uncanny ability to talk his way out of situations and slip away, keep him just steps ahead of Hanratty. Until the faithful night of Christmas Eve, 1967, when Hanratty finds Frank in, Frank in France. After two long years, Frank is released into Carl's custody. Frank is tried and convicted and given 12 years prison sentence for check forgery, embezzlement, among many other charges. He sent to a maximum security federal prison in Atlanta in 1974. A impressed Carl arranges for Frank to be allowed to serve out the remainder of his sentence, working for the check fraud department of the FBI under his supervision. That's about it there. I put in some of this information we'll get into in a minute about what the actual real Frank William Abagnale Jr., which we should probably start with. It's a fact, a, a generally known fact that Frank William Abagnale Jr. was a real person. He was a real con artist. A significant amount of this movie is based on real life. I think I think I put it somewhere. I think he said something like 80% of the movie. Yeah, yeah about 80%, 80% of the movie was, was true. And, you know, it's a movie, so you've got to kind of let it have its thing, let it breathe. Uh, there was no Carl Hanratty. There was no specific person that chased him consistently for his entire con artist career but there was like kind of one person towards the end i think i have his name later when we get into the internet facts it's like shay or o'shay or something, something like that, that. that kind of was at the yeah. end was the person but in general it wasn't it wasn't someone falling in the hole it was more movie. than one person yeah uh, so let's get into thoughts on the movie number one thought about it leonardo dicaprio looks like he could be christopher walken's kid yeah, I agree. I, I said when it comes to that, too, like the way because I believe if my fact is correct, he's about 24 when this movie came out. I think that's what yeah we talked about. Um, that he's around that age. It's around 24. So they did a really good job at the beginning of the movie of making him look, you know, maybe mm. 19. You, <laughs> you could have maybe gone away with that. Maybe not 16, yeah. obviously. He did. But he maybe like, like it's made him making him look younger. Yeah. And then at the end, making him look like, you know, 26 27 something like that however long he was you know in the prisons for and coming back you know making him look a little bit older thinning his hair out a little bit and stuff like that and making him look a little haggard yeah just they did a good job um yeah this was five years after titanic four years after titanic i think that titanic was 97 so he he still had a lot of juice at this point he'd made i think the man in the iron mask came after this one so he dropped off a little bit so this was kind of his return to glory before like the departed. And he really went on that major run for like 10 years, I guess blood diamond was in there somewhere too. Right. Uh, I feel like blood diamond is probably closer to like 
2010. Yeah, I bet. you're right. I'd have to pull up his whole his whole thing. In fact, I know I skipped over his Blood movies Diamond, before. Oh, here I'm actually I clicked on uh, Blood Diamond was in 2006. So it was four years after. He was about 28, and then uh, oh, it was it? Inception was when yeah, I wanted Inception to look at. Was, that was in was 2010, his, his second time around. So let's see. Yeah, Titanic was 97. Man in the Iron Mask was 98. The Beach was 2000. That was kind of a bust too. 2002, he came back with a vengeance. Gangs of New York, Catch Me If You Can, The Aviator, The Departed, Blood Diamond, Body of Lies. That's quite a run of six yeah. in a row right there. And then Shutter Island was kind of a bust, but then he had Inception, Jay Edgar. Would you have ever seen Jay Edgar? He's no, actually really good in it. And then Django Unchained, which he is incredible in. Oh, so he's good. fantastic in Wolf that. Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. The Revenant, man, this guy doesn't even make bad movies. <laughs> He's got like one or two movies. Even his like bad movies are. St- said, even his bad movies, they're still like decent. Yeah, like Romeo. Well, I never saw Romeo and Juliet either, but um, man, I can't. You can't use me to judge that though. Like that's not my kind of movie, so like I really shouldn't be the person to judge. I'd be like, yeah, I don't like it because it's uh, they're like in modern times speaking like old school. Yeah. you know, like it's not our cup of tea. Language, and yeah. Just not my um, thing. I, I'm curious. Do you think he's the biggest actor in the world right now? Probably no. Who would you think is bigger? I'm saying right, right, right now, like Robert Downey. He, he's only. I, I don't want to judge somebody off of one character, and I feel like he's pretty much one character right now, and that's just Iron Man. Like. I can't, almost can't name movies, other movies that he's done during this stint because he's been Iron Man. The only the other time. thing he did really was Sherlock Holmes. Well, that's it. And I go, no, wrong. I like the Sherlock Holmes movies. I, I love think he Sherlock does a great Holmes. job with that. But I'm just saying, like, coming up, like, you know, Chris Pratt's so hot. Everything that he does is bankable right now. That's true. Actually, you, you know, know what? He probably is. Between Jurassic World, Guardians of the Galaxy. But between those two, even like, you know, I feel like Chris Hemsworth is going to be up there too. Yes. Like, oh, by the way, did you see? And I, we may have text back and forth this. Chris Hemsworth is going to play Hulk Hogan in the Hulk Hogan biopic. I did see that. That's going to be awesome. There's a movie we're doing later this year that I'm very excited to recast Chris Hemsworth in. He's he. Th- there's never been more of a slam dunk of a recast than Chris Hemsworth playing this character. But we'll get into that in a couple months. It's a movie we're going to be doing in a few months from now. All right, so back to Leo. Well, here's here's my my thing about it. Is there anybody bigger than Leo that you could have them be the star in the movie and you know it's going to do well in theaters? I don't even know if that exists anymore, to be honest. Like, you know you're going to get people for actors. Like, you know, if if he does a movie, like people are going to see it just because he's in it. There are still plenty of those. There are so there's, there's still a handful of those actors out there that people will go see it and, you know, and it might do well and it might not do well. Like I always feel like they always say like the rock, but I'm always like, his movies aren't that good though. Like really when it comes down to it, like I like him, but I go, when it comes down to it, like Jumanji was decent, but like skyscraper, like really, like all he really has in his, you know, like fast and the furious. Um, is he the modern he like, day Arnold Schwarzenegger? Pretty much. Like I, I like I don't think he's a bad actor. No, I don't think so either. I, I just think I just think that his movies do well because he's just 
he seems like a cool person too. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he seems like the guy you just want to <laughs> hang out with. Like his his exactly. he's real popular on social media. Every interview he does, he has a giant smile on his face. He has that huge following of people like following his workout. And anyways, we're getting very far away from this movie. Let's get back to where we were. All right, wow. next thing. Obviously, this movie wouldn't work today, right? I mean, I guess it would have to be a on a different level where they're doing bank fraud electronically and they're making themselves untraceable, right? It would just take a different type of criminal. Yeah. I don't know if somebody that young would be that versed into computer fraud, but I also wouldn't think that somebody 16, 17 years old would be that versed in doing check fraud, especially when they just got, yeah, they got their first from check their How did they look at it and figure out what to do? And they're, you know, they're, you never know. There's kids that are coding it seven eight years old and they become code running prodigies so what's what i'm saying i go i i don't know it would be a little bit more complicated to i think maybe to like cover your steps and stuff like that like it, it's easier to track people i feel like now when it comes to like field work even and stuff like that with like cameras and stuff like that there's cameras everywhere like he would have gotten caught because just because there's so many cameras around like they would have known where he was at with like facial recognition yeah when and... we just did eagle eye a month ago and that that's a perfect example yeah. of it. Yeah, I think I concur. It would be definitely probably wouldn't work as well now. Thanks for using that line too. <laughs> I concur. That that's going to come up later, <laughs> right? <laughs> Next, what do you mean concur? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I concur? <laughs> Next, I looked up Montrichard is a real town in France. It's very very small. It's about two to three hours southwest of Paris. It's a very minor detail. It is, but know? it's just it's you know it's an important part of the movie towards the end that that's their mm-hmm. that's where they remember and they wrote it down. So a couple things about Frank William Abagnale Jr., the real one. Frank's first con was his dad. He used a gas credit card to scam his dad out of three thousand four hundred dollars, which is about twenty seven thousand dollars in today's money. He was. They said he would use his dad's credit card, buy tires then take the tires and return it and get cash for it. When he was like 15, he started doing this. And his dad was not a con man. His dad was like a very honest guy. Uh, after he ran away, he started writing bad personal checks, and that's what got him in trouble in first. I think what he did was, though, is that it, with the tire scheme, scam, scheme or scam, whatever he was one, doing, yeah. I believe he bought the tires, but he never took the tires. He let the attendant, he, the attendant had to be in on it too, so he just took cash pretty much for the tires and let him keep the tires. Oh, so he would like sell it and return it and get the cash. Okay. His first real scam was at the airport. He noticed rental car companies and airlines had like a drop off location for their money. They bring over an envelope and drop off checks and cash. So he went and rented a security guard disguise and, or bought a, a security card disguise and put up a sign said out of service place deposits with security guard on duty. And that's a, that was his first scam he was running. His name, when he pretended to be a doctor, was Frank Williams, not Frank Connors. And then Abagnale was eventually arrested in Montpelier, France, in 1969, when an Air France attendant he previously dated recognized him and called the police. Okay, so that's the only things I had about I won't. real Frank William Abagnale. And the only other thing I had, and this is kind of internet facts, but I'm, I'm just going to say it here. 
The story of Frank Abagnale Jr.'s exploits had been one of the longest and most difficult journeys from the time it was first pitched to it, it eventually getting made. They were going to make it in 1981. Frank was going to be played by Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman would have been way too I old by then. Read that yeah, the, he would have been way too old by then to try and play that story. He was. He was close to 40 years old. So, say, Midnight Cowboy came out in, I, like, what, 68? And he already looked way too old, Midnight Cowboy. So, that, that would not have worked. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts on the movie? Because the movie was was really long. I think they could have cut it down probably another 15 minutes. And I think a lot of that time could have been they really got into like the beginning of his life to like the whole divorce scene. A lot of that divorce stuff could have been, I think, taken out. Yeah, I feel like they could have possibly minutes there. Well, I'm I'm just saying like I I know that they wanted to add because I mean, like, is that being like the deciding factor of why he like couldn't? he ran away was because he had to decide where he's going to stay with his father and his mother, which that's all a lie too, because he was 12 years old, I believe when his parents got divorced. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that part. Well, not just that, but he had his dad and hated his mom. That was an easy one. I don't know why he just didn't go live with his dad. That's what I think would have happened, but obviously. I don't know if he hated it. I I didn't get that he hated his mom. It's just that he just really looked up to his dad. He really looked to his dad and he knew his mom was banging around. Exactly. That's the thing. He didn't hate his mom. He just like, it didn't seem like it should have been that hard of a decision. That's more what it should have been. You made it out like this was a really hard decision that he was going through. It's like, well, you knew your mom was hanging out with some guy. You didn't tell your dad. Your dad is, you know, all this is going on. You could have gone with it. They were having money troubles and he just wanted to try to go make money on his own and started doing his scams and left, which is pretty much probably how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just wanted to do scams, just to be honest. And just wanted to do it on his own. But yeah. What's, well, what I heard about is that, like, he noticed that, you know, he liked women. And so he got a job because he knew that women liked to be, like, have things by them, like to be taken care of. Like, and he liked to spoil them. They liked being spoiled. He liked spoiling them. But he realized his part time job wasn't giving him enough to do this spoiling. So, he went to his dad for help. You know, like you said, he got this gas card in real life. And then that's how he started getting his money and pulling the scams. Ah. And I know that the total amount of money he had scammed was, was something like $3,000, some dollars, $3,500, something like that. Yes. Card, but yeah. it totaled like $20,000 now or something like that. So it was like a ton of money actually that he had scammed. You know, for somebody who's real rich, that's maybe $26,000 that's still like a decent chunk of change just to be missing, you know, you like, can buy a lot of random stuff for women. If for 27 grand, what's the best scenes then? Okay. You, um, you go first. I, one of my favorite scenes is when, when he pretends to be the substitute teacher. Yes. And he like makes fun of him. And then he just goes up and he pretends to be a substitute teacher for an entire week before they realize that he's not really the teacher it's, and i was just like how does that happen it's <laughs> not abagnale it's not abagnale it's abag exactly and then um the the other one you probably have this too I'm, i bet is when he's in the room and handwriting finally like gets to him and catches him but then he tricks to him acting like he's in the cia also trying to track down the same person but he's actually the person that he's saying he's trying to track down and that like exchange between them i just think is so good that is one of them. He's in the he says he's in the Secret Service, which is true because the Secret yeah, Service I, I was invented 
not to protect the president originally. It was actually prevent, prevented, or I'm sorry, created to prevent uh, counterfeit money creation. So the Secret Service probably actually would have been onto it. I don't know the, the true story, but so that makes sense that he said that. But yeah, it just shows how smooth he is at the time. And I think that shows his quick witted. Yeah, his quick wittedness. The other one I had is when he goes and interviews at the Miami airport and he interviews all the girls and gets eight stewardesses to come in and just walk with him, distract everybody, and then gets the guy to sit outside so he can skip town and head out internationally. That was the, the two I had because that was the best part of the movies when he's being him and he's schmoozing girls and conning all these people, even though it's a, he's a horrible person for doing it, 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 it made it so entertaining. When he pulled that gas station, that gas station scan, he was 15 years old at the time. 15. Okay. So there we go. Thank you for, for <laughs> figuring that out for me. All right, Mike, what's your best lines? Line or lines? All right, my. I think I believe I have two written down here. <clears throat> the first one is the uh, the handwriting joke. Yep. Is kind of what I have down there. He's <laughs> just like, would it. you like me to, t- would you like to tell a joke? He's like, he's like, yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear you tell a joke. He's like, knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then I love he brings it up later uh, when, he, when he's like, <clears throat> would you like to hear me tell a joke when uh, that guy yeah. calls him out for whatever? When he's talking to a superior, pretty much, and he's just like, wants him to like quit chasing after him. And he's like, you want me to hear me tell you a joke? When they're when he's interviewing um, stewardess to help him pretty much sneak, you know, he goes to the college and he's like, I want to start getting like stewardess or something like that, like picking people to be like part of the airline. He's interviewing the one, the one girl and she goes, we're going 6,000 miles per hour and traveling at an altitude of 300 feet. Yeah, so I have that written down too. <laughs> I forgot how funny that line was though it came up. <laughs> that I was even lying. I probably just like wasn't paying attention, but then I was paying attention this time. I was just like, wait, wait let me rewind that real quick. Did she just get the two confused pretty much? Pay, you <laughs> absolutely like, have to be paying attention to hear it. You realize he picks her. He's one of the eight girls he picks. When he's calling um, he's calling out names, she's one of the ones that stands up. <laughs> not surprised. He just wanted to pick someone who's attractive. And then um the other line I wrote down was when he's telling Amy Adams the truth that he's really a con man. He's going through everything that he's not really. He's like, you know, I'm not really this person. I'm not this age. I'm not really a pilot. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not all these things. And blah, blah, blah. And she just, she's like, wait, wait, Frank, Frank, you're not yeah. Lutheran. <laughs> I have that one written down too. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> it's a classic. The, uh, the only other thing you got anything else? The, yeah, why didn't I concur? Dr. Harris. Yes? Do you concur? Concur with what, sir? With what Dr. Ashland just said, do you, do you concur? Uh, well, it was a bicycle accident. Um, the boy told us. So you concur? Concur? I think we should take an x-ray, then stitch him out and put him in a walking cast. Very good, Dr. Ashland, very good. Well, you don't seem to have much need for me. Carry on. Blew it, didn't I? Why did not concur? Because that was a running joke between... Uh, a certain friend of ours named after a certain body part. He and I used to say that all the time. Why didn't I concur? It's weird. We don't have a friend named Penis. <laughs> close. Very, very close. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I thought about this. As you said, the, we'll be traveling at 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet. 
What do you think happened to those eight stewardesses? Uh, I'm going to go with none of them made it on a plane, and he's the only one that got on a plane, which just pretty much said, hey, I'll be right back, and never showed up back, and the flight went off, and then they were like, where's this guy at? That's very likely, yes. Because they probably asked. That's probably like, what happened. Because they cut, then they cut next to, which I think, what was it, like three years later? Because they started finding all the checks that had been, you know, he was all over the world. He was in Brazil. He was in France. He was in Spain. He was, you know, and they finally realized all this was going on because they lost track of him. But, all right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Who's your favorite character, Mike? <clears throat> this was kind of hard for me because... I really like Leo's character, but it's always really hard for me to pick the main character, even though if I think they might be the best character, I think he's probably the best character. And then my second, if I had to rank my top three, it'd probably be Leo, Christopher Walken, Tom Hanks. It's all about Carl Hanratty for me. I just, I, his, the way Tom Hanks plays him as he plays it very straight, yet it's still funny. I don't know how he does it. He's like, I, He's the greatest actor of all time, if you ask me. But the way he plays Carl Hanrad, he just—he's just perfect. He's—he's he's funny when he's not trying to be funny. I, I love it. I, I do agree. Walken's good, and Leo's obviously very, very good in this movie. But Hanrad—he's the best for me. All right, our top five for this week. We went with Christopher Walken because this is—I guess we have a few more Walken movies we'll be doing at some point. But why don't you give me your top five, Mike? All right, top five, Christopher Walken. I have down, not necessarily in this order, movies I put down, Deer Hunter, Catch Me If You Can, Wedding Crashers, Seven Psychopaths, Last Man Standing. I also threw in Suicide Kings as an honorable mention, and I threw in some, I love him, his character, from the SNL, some of his SNL characters, Bruce Dickinson and The Continental. The Continental. From um, Saturday Night Live. I do like him in the Fat Boy Slim video as well. Oh, that's right. He's in the Fat Boy Slim video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So my top five, uh, I had Honorable Mention, Wayne's World 2. And then in reverse order, I had number five, The Rundown. Number four, Joe Dirt. Number three, Wedding Crashers. Number two, Catch Me If You Can. And then number one, those SNL skits. Uh, the I Gotta Have More Cowbell. That, that, it doesn't work for me. I gotta have more cowbell. When that came out, I, I mean, to this day, it's still a running joke, but you couldn't go 10 feet without hearing I Gotta, hear, I gotta Have More Cowbell. Or the I Got a Prescription, or I Got a Fever, and the only prescription yeah. is more cowbell. Like, it was... Because it wasn't just walking was so good, but that was Will Ferrell at his SNL peak. You know, it was like every – he had like one – Oh, one, I know, yeah. Will Ferrell had one skit at least a week that had you in stitches. And it was so random that they put that together. And Chris Parnell playing the straight was so good. And like it, it was just perfect. It was perfect. I mean, I'm not joking. When I go to Penn's games – yeah. That's on the on the jumbotron pops up is Bruce Dickinson. I got a fever, and the only prescription. And then they cut and say more noise instead of more cowbell. It's it's going to be in the pantheon for the rest of my life. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I I always laugh at that skit so much too. Just even like um, I can't think of his name. Jimmy now. Fallon. I just had his name in mind. 
Jimmy yeah. Fallon, yeah, in the back, like, because he's laughing the whole time and just thinks the whole skit is he can't keep a straight Jimmy face. Jimmy Fallon can't keep a straight face no matter like, what. But I was like, I don't know how, how he ever was able to manage to do like Saturday Night Live because all he does in all of his skits is he's laughing because he can't oh, keep yeah. a straight he, face. He, he can't handle it live. Constantly <laughs> look into the camera laughing. That was all he ever did. And it didn't, and it didn't bother me really. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it. I thought it was hilarious that he would like start laughing. Cause I was like, that would be me if I was trying to act with these guys right oh, now. <laughs> how could you be around Will Ferrell and not die laughing all the time? Fun, fun Will Ferrell um, fact. When he was in college, he went to USC and he would know like what class his buddies were in. And he would outfit and go in the room and start cleaning the room and like joking around behind the professor's back with his buddies in class you know how hard you'd be laughing in class if your friend did that sounds about right sounds about right i also noticed that there are there's a handful of uh christopher walken movies that i haven't seen i like actually after i put the movies that i wanted i actually like went through and i just typed in you know like the top movies by christopher Deer walken, Hunters and there the were that list. so many on there well i've seen deer hunter and it's 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 good it's one of those ones you got to be in the move yeah to watch it's probably a little dark uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It ends. Yeah, pretty I've, dark. I've never seen um, it, but um, I mean, I, I the the Russian roulette scene is one of the most famous scenes in history. But there was a ton of other ones too from back in like the eighties that he had done, maybe late seventies, eighties that he'd done that that were up there that I hadn't seen, and I was like, you know what, I go, I need to watch a couple of these movies mm-hmm. to kind of get the full character. There's just there's so many movies I should see that I just haven't seen. You know. And, I don't have so much time. Oh, speaking of that, I'm glad you said that, Mike, because we, we'd been talking about this, but I wanted to put it out on here. So when we first came up with this, it obviously was a list of here are all the movies that I like and that Mike likes that we've seen that we want to do a review on. But there are certain movies I've seen that Mike has not and certain movies that Mike has seen that I have not that we want to do maybe later this year or early next year or something. We're going to we're going to get it out. We're going to put out there, come up with a list of like one or two movies or sorry, like two or three movies that Mike has seen that I haven't. And then we'll put it out to you guys to say, which one of these three do you want us to do where I'll be watching it for the first time and then vice versa. Mike would be watching it for the first time. Just something different to try. We think it would uh, it'd be interesting because also force me to see like a movie I've been some movies I've never seen that I've wanted to for a long time or L.A. Confidential Master and Commander things like that and then i was saying you 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 know how it is too it's like you you'll scroll over a movie be like i haven't seen that movie and i've heard good things about it i should watch it and it's like i'll watch it later yeah and you do that 10 times you say i'll watch it later you know like it's it's already halfway into it um dvr helps that now at least and then it sits on but the problem is then it sits on your queue and you're like i don't have time to start this i don't have the energy to get into it i can't i know my life i can't come up with two hours uninterrupted anymore so it's hard to do that, but anyways, so um, look into that. Look, look forward to that maybe later on this year. We got a good list between now and at least like mm, through the summer. We've got some really great movies coming up that I'm really excited about. Uh, but maybe later on this year, we may pick one, one for me, one for you kind of thing. Anyways. All right. Uh, let's get into some movie scenes, Mike. I want to ask this one to, up front because it's towards the beginning. That well, I guess towards the beginning of the movie. So you said one of your favorite scenes is when he's pretending to be the professor or the substitute teacher. Yeah, 
do bullies really act like that? Knocking people's books over and Did. making fun of people like that. Yes. I mean, I have had the chair pulled out from under me once in seventh grade. Actually, you were there. It wasn't you. It was someone else that was in our class. But in general, like, I've never seen anybody actually act that way. Obviously, movies take things to the extreme. And kids, kids are brutal. Kids are awful. I will tell you that yeah. from experience. Yes. <laughs> kids are awful. That's true. <laughs> they are. They can be very mean. They can be nice. But they can be very mean yeah. too. They're they're brutally to honest. I've, I've seen yeah. it firsthand. <laughs> they're brutally honest. That's for sure. Uh, all right, Mike. Yes. So uh, when I say when I always say I'm like, oh, that's just movie bully, and I'm like, well, where do you think they got movie bullying from? Like that that's hap- that kind of stuff's happened well, before. It you used know, to like... be like, so the '80s movies were there was always the rich preppy kid bully. They're clicks. They're a bunch of clicks, and this click didn't like this click or the outcast you know like so is how it was mean girls did a nice job of uh nailing that for the record 90s like it, eight the clicks in the 80s were all the rich preppy kids the clicks in the 90s were all the jocks um and then i don't by the 2000s i guess we kind of got away from those kind of movies but that's kind of how it felt like it always the most popular kids in the 80s were the rich kids and then the most popular kids in the 90s were all the athletes I jumped ahead a little bit in the movie. Do you have anything before that? When he's a kid, I guess. I did like when he made the girl fold the note in half. So it looked like it was from her mom. Thought that was. Yeah. Like just, he's kind of just shown, he's kind of shown his smarts and his like skills early on, like in that scene. Yeah. You know, when he's like telling her to fold the note. Cause if you're, what's the first thing you do when you get your note, you fold it and you put it in your pocket and stuff like that. Like just helping the girl out. It's like, like I never had somebody write a fake note for me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody write a fake note. For I, had, me. I, had, I got the, I, I got detention. I think it was in seventh or eighth grade, and I had one of our friends try to write my parent, my mom's signature. How'd it go? Um, it didn't go well, and I ended up just ripping up the detention form and not showing up to detention. And the teacher never said anything more <laughs> to me. They just forgot about it. Bullet <laughs> <I got> lucky. <laughs> I was just like I was. Remember going to class? I was so freaking nervous. I was like, she's totally gonna call me out. I go, but then like as I was going to class, I'm like, when she comes to me, I'll be like, I'll just say I lost it and ask her if she can write me a new one, and I'll just have to suck it up, take yeah. it home, and have my mom sign it, um, and I'll get in trouble. What did you get detention for? Cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I only got detention <laughs> once, and it was for forgetting doing my homework twice. That one teacher had a very strict homework policy, and I forgot to do it twice. That's the only time I ever got it. And I got a, I got a week's worth once with one of our friends, who we showed up to a study hall like late. I think it was like twenty or thirty times in the last like however many times each 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 time we showed up, each time he showed up, he would make us fill out part of the detention form. Like after we'd been late like ten times, he just started like making us fill out like all right, fill out your name, all right. All right, all right, fill out this part. Fill out what you did. Like it starts. Then once the whole thing was filled out, we had to show show up for detention. <laughs> okay, at that point you. I'll tell you right now, the guy who gave me you were they, doing it on purpose. Like, <laughs> once I'll give you. It, we really weren't half the time. Like most of the time, like it really, really wasn't on purpose most of the time. But it was a week's worth of detention, and the guy who gave me the detention was my father's teacher as well. <laughs> So that's how old of a yeah. guy he was. How old school oh, he was. And he knew your dad, so he probably was just like, I'm just going to 
hammer this down a little bit. But and the tension wasn't bad. We just hung out. We just hung, kind of just hung out, and he just like kind of BS with us. So it really wasn't that bad. It was just more just yes, our time. It was just your time. What else you got, Mike? Oh, I was trying to remember. I got sorry. We got distracted. They're talking about detention. What were we talking? About? We we're talking about movie scenes, right? Yes. Like I said, that's that. Uh, like I was talking about the best scene, the whole hand ratty scene when he kind of comes in and he's in the bathroom and he just comes out so nonchalantly, you know, like after washing his hands, he's like, oh, I'm glad you're here. You know, we've been looking at this guy forever and like gets in there. Oh, where's your identification? And he hands him his wallet. And says, you, yeah, hold on to it. And then like says, uh, no, he, when he hands him his wallet and then real quick, that old guy's walking out with the other guy. And yeah. He's like, he caught him right here. And they like, and he like yells at the guy, like taking him to the car being like, yeah, that's the guy, and don't let him make sure, you know, so he doesn't get away yeah. and stuff. Suppose the guys look like, like and then, dude, what the and, then fuck? and then he goes, <laughs> and then and then he goes, he's like, let me see your identification. And then he actually looks at handwriting, yeah, because uh, he his wants identification. to see his name and read it. You know, he wanted I, to actually get that. I and I can't remember. I want to say no, but I don't think anything like that actually happened. No. I know that there is a, I know there's a thing when he, when he was in jail, you know, like this, when he was in jail, I can't remember which jail it was when he was actually caught in jail that at this jail, they thought that there were tons of like, there had been undercover inmates looking for jail guards and stuff like that, doing stuff wrong. And they all suspected that Frank was an undercover jail guard. And he kind of, they already thought this already and kind of found it out. So he like he faked this big elaborate thing that he actually was undercover when he wasn't. Got like one of the guy in real life who would have been the Carl Hanratty, got a girl to bring like his business card over, told them that this was his superior and he needed to go outside of the building and talk to his superior. And there was actually some girl like came out, he got in the car and they just drove away from the jail. Wow. <laughs> and he got away that way. And that's like a true story. <laughs> wow. Was, I was like, was I was like, whoa. So I said, I go, and you, you said, I go, this is all before he was old enough to drink. Yeah. You know? and like legally able to drink. Then he went straight. Like he never was put back in prison again. He never was caught. I mean, he could have been doing stuff on the side, but you know, it's been 50 years now. And yeah, you know, at the end of the movie, it says he, worked for the FBI and uh, helped put away criminals and put together a bunch of bank security and stuff. I guess he just was making enough money doing that. He didn't feel like he needed to be a shyster anymore. But he was a skeezy dude for, for quite a while. I know. He's still alive, too, by the way. He's like 74 or something. Let's look at him up. All right. Um, we skipped over one part that I wanted to say is when James Brolin comes out of the back room and he obviously has been going to town on his mom. That's pretty tough having to shake the hand mm-hmm. of a guy that's that's banging your mom behind your dad's back. I actually had that written down at the very beginning just as some like side notes, like thoughts of the movie, just like, man, have, walking in on your mom, get, hooking up with some other guy, especially whenever, like you said, you look up to your dad so much right. would be really, really tough. I also thought like just that whole the opening of the movie, the whole like game show thing was kind of interesting. I guess that was like a real game show back in the day where they yeah, were like I, on a game show. I have that later in the internet. I really don't I don't really know much about it, but I know that I just thought that, that was really cool. I also thought like the opening scene, like 
not the opening, the open, the the credits, the opening credits, the like moving thing. Kind of cool. Actually, watched it. Yeah. yeah, like the little like characters, like they weren't like real people, but yeah. it was just kind of cool. Like just one person, it's like a different because yeah, yeah, it was just kind of cool how they did all that different, all that different stuff. I thought was pretty pretty neat. So I have a question. This is going to kind of flash forward, flash back on on where we are in the movie, but. So the first time he meets his dad and he offers them Cadillac in that expensive restaurant in New York, his dad at the end says, look at all these people here. They're wondering where you're going. Do you think at that point he already knew his son was running a scam? Because he says the same thing to him later when he shows up and tries to give him the tickets to, to, to come to his wedding. And he's like, mm-hmm. where are you going tonight? Where are you flying? Where are you going? Like he he asked the same question, and at that point he already knew the FBI was investigating him and stuff. So, do you think early on he knew he was scamming, or what? what I, I just I always wonder that when I saw this movie. Like, does does he know he's up to no good, and just letting him go? In the movie, apparently he didn't really keep contact with his father in real life. No, as well as much as like they showed they showed it, like he did love his father and but didn't keep as much. Um, contact. I know when he was in France too, he actually kept in contact with like his mom. Um, he kept in contact. He's actually his grandparents lived in France. Makes and sense. So he is in contact with like his grandparents. So like he had like kind of you know family that was there that he could keep in contact with and everything. So that was kind of it's kind of hard for me to tell like whether he knew or not. He probably knew something was up when he just all of a sudden had all this money and he's so young. You know, right. it's like, how fast can you become an airline pilot? How fast can you become a doctor? How you know, fast you can't can you just become a doctor in three yeah. years. Well, it's like, all this is happening in three years. How can you become, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, an airline pilot in three years? You can't. Nope. You can't become one of those in three years, pretty much. You know, it's like, <laughs> so that's why the thing It's like, I think that he probably, they probably definitely suspected a few things. Yeah, he had. I did look in the mom when he, when the, when handwriting ship. When he and Reddy shipped the house and talked about how much money he had spent. She's like, I'll just write you a check. He's like, how much is it for? He's like, right now it's 1.3 million. Yeah. And by the end, I think it was something like three and a half million or four and a half million. I think it was over. I think, I think it was, I was going to say, I think it was over 4 million. Cause he was printing them, using a machine, a machine to print them. Just uh, a thing of note, three actresses, very young in their career. One is Jennifer Garner. She already, I think, already had Alias at that point. So she at least was like a known name. But a very young Ellen Pompeo, now one of the, probably the most popular woman on television other than Kaylee Cuoco. Uh, A very young Elizabeth Banks before 40-Year-Old Virgin and then her career took off. And a very young Amy Adams, who we mentioned in the beginning who actually is an actress. So they, they did a nice job finding some future stars. I believe I read it right. Amy Adams was 28 in this movie. Really? She looks like she's about nine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look again, but if, if I saw the age correctly. Well, just see how old she is now compared to Leo, and then we'll kind of know. Yeah, she was born in 1974. This came out in 2002. And you know what? I love Amy Adams. I think she is awesome in every movie she's in, except this one. I can't stand her in this movie. She plays the character the way she's supposed to be. I think, 
but I hate it. It's it's just like dumb and ditzy. It's just not like it's not her. She know. is so good at playing like really smart, no bullshit. At every movie that she's in, when she acts that way, she's fantastic. Just she does not do well as this like dainty. Actually, I don't know what I'm Leonardo doing. Leonardo DiCaprio was 28 years old too. No, I was gonna say because so there you go. All right, well there we go then. They're the I same age. They were about the same age. Yeah, I I misspoke. He's not 24. He's 28 years old. Now that I've re, looked at 28 years old. So they, as I said, they did a really good job making him look young then. Yeah, they made him look 10 years younger. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's he's got a, He's got a young face. He's got a good face for like a baby face. Yeah. All right, so I know it's a movie, but well, do you have any more things on the movie first? Any more th- movie scenes or anything? Um, no, nothing. Okay. So I know it's a movie, but we, we said this to each other beforehand. This is a pretty clean movie and cause it's a real, a real story. They did a good job of not embellishing it a ton. They kind of tried to stick to at least what he did in the time frame He did it. The only thing I would say is how he faked it as a doctor. I think of the three things he had to fake. I think being a doctor would be the hardest thing to fake. And I don't think I have it below, but he – no, I don't have it down here. But I read that he got out of being a doctor because he almost got a kid killed. He, I forget exactly what it was, but the decision he was going to make could have gotten the kid killed and someone else stepped in or something like that. So Yeah. Because when you're dealing with people's lives, like on the attorney, whatever – He's just he was just being a co-pilot getting free flights, so he wasn't actually flying, although he did say that a couple times again, the real Frank Abagnale, a couple times while he was flying, like the pilot would let him sit in the pilot seat. But when you're in the pilot seat and you're in the air, the, a lot of the plane kind of takes care of itself and you've got someone there like looking over your well, shoulder. He, he he was offered when he when he hopped like to to fly like you know they're like thirty thousand feet and he took the controls he just like enabled the autopilot yeah and you can kind of just sit there and it's like driving a car on a highway you kind of with no one around you you kind of just keep it ten and two and just keep it going straight same thing with the I'm I'm saying the same thing with the airplane I've never flown one so the fuck do I know let's get into the other stuff the extras the internet facts. As we said before, according to the real Frank Abagnale Jr., approximately 80% of the movie is true. Some FBI agents did occasionally chase Abagnale, but they didn't have a rela- he didn't have a relationship with any of them, and he certainly didn't call them every Christmas. As Abagnale himself points out with flawless logic, why would I do that? I didn't want the FBI to know where I was. Pretty easy. That was a nice little add-in that they had him call on Christmas Eve, but it was funny. Uh, next, uh-huh. until he saw the results of Leonardo DiCaprio's work, the real Frank Abagnale didn't think DiCaprio was, quote, enough, suave enough to play him. If there's anybody that's suave, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, the newly filmed clip from To Tell the Truth that opens the movie was based on an actual episode in which Frank was a guest. In that episode, not a single panelist correctly guessed that he was the real Frank Abagnale Jr. The episode of To Tell the Truth can be viewed on YouTube. I have not looked, but I am interested to see it. And last, Mrs. Abagnale's house, after she's remarried, the end when he goes running up and he's like peeking through the window, it was the same house used in Father of the Bride, part one and part two. 
that's all I really huh. had. There wasn't a lot. Um, you know, we looked up the real Frank Abagnale, and that was the more interesting stuff. Everything else was kind of window dressing. There wasn't a lot of significant things that I could find. So, I have uh, during the kiss scene with Amy Adams and Leo, Steven Spielberg asked Amy Adams to pretend she was starving to death and eating a cheeseburger to achieve a sloppy kiss. It was very sloppy. Again, very annoying part. <laughs> I'm trying to look through to see what you, well I'm looking through because you, you've said some of the ones that I've already uh um did you say anything about him being on the FBI most wanted list? No. Because he was not actually. They have him like on there in the movie that on the FBI's most wanted list. He was never actually on it because those are for violent criminals, which they did not consider him a violent criminal. No, he didn't hurt anybody. Uh towards the end of the movie, Carl uh Hanratty is writing on the blackboard. There's a note at the bottom that says Stephen Tom's fourth project. It was Stephen Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks' fourth project that they had worked on together. When Leonardo DiCaprio was being arrested in France, one of the cops that arrested him was a cameo, and it was the real Frank Abagnale Jr. Nice. They got him in there then. Arresting him. Yeah, they, they squeezed him in there. I have it written down. Johnny Depp was originally thought to play him as well. Nah, I don't the like entire that. movie took 52 days to record. That's to fast. 52 That's days to fast film. Fast for a movie. Yeah. Especially as long as this movie um, is. It's a lot of uh, a lot of filming in 52 days. Yeah, it was Joseph Shea was who it was based off of the FBI agent. Gotcha. You were talking about, I just was trying to remember correctly about when he was a doctor. I know one of the things that in real life that bothered him is a baby in the emergency room was like pretty much wasn't breathing. That's he didn't what know it was. what to do with the nurse. Luckily it was, they yeah. did the whole thing. He didn't know what the term blue baby yeah. was or something. And that, and that would almost got to kill. That's what it was. Now that you and the nurse that. saved the baby's life. And that's, and that's when he said, you know what I, cause it was the movie where the kid came in with the bloody leg. Yeah. Um, which may have happened, really happened, but like, uh, but he didn't, um, but I know that that baby thing was is what really was. He was just like, I can't, I can't do this. Like yeah, I'm gonna kill somebody, yeah, gonna and this killed. is not. You know, I'm just trying. He's not a bad person. He's just trying to get laid. <clears throat> well, in the movie, when he was trying to become a lawyer too, it said it, he studied for two weeks, and that's how he passed the bar. But what actually happened was in Louisiana, he took the bar. He actually he studied for it. He failed it. They gave him back his test showing the answers that he got wrong. I don't think they put the right answers down, but they just showed him what answers he got wrong. So you know what he had to study. Yeah. He took it again. He failed. You could take it three times. He passed it. I think on the third time, I think it's what it was. He passed on the third time. It took him like four months is what I believe the truth. The true story was. Okay. That makes more sense. Exactly. Yeah. I was, but I was just like, still just like the fact that he's did all this stuff in like what three or four years like is ridiculous he's done more between 16 and 19 than i've done in pretty much my entire life yeah yeah pretty much and now he's a consultant <laughs> he's loaded he's a millionaire now a consultant and his son works for the fbi oh that's nice <laughs> glad he finally settled down got married had some kids we won't we don't have a where are they now for this movie because it's a real story and there's a real person. So there's no real point in doing that because these people 
actually have where they are now. I know they're a little bit different than they are in real life, but there's no point in trying to have a better story mm-hmm. than what actually happened to William Abagnale Jr. Or Frank William Abagnale Jr. So let's look at the remake. If they tried to make this today, who would you have in it? And I just had this thought as I said it. Do you think this would be better as a Netflix show versus a new movie? I think it would be successful as a Netflix little mini series because yeah. I think you could really, cause he, cause he had so many different jobs and stuff that he really could go, you know, into those jobs a little bit more in depth. He definitely spent probably the, you know, the most being the Pan Am pilot. Um, but other than that, like, as I said, you, you could totally get in there real deep with yeah, all that like stuff. Episode one is setting the plot. He runs away, pulls off his first scam. Episode two, three, four, five is like him doing the Pan Am stuff and getting really good at it. Six is him as the doctor. Seven is him as the the lawyer. Lawyer. And then eight, nine, and ten is like him on the run and then getting caught at the end. Do like ten episodes. I think that'd be really good. That I would watch. That'd be really interesting. So, okay, so we got our remake. You and I ended up coming up with people for all of them, except I was not able to come up with a replacement for Leo because you you had one you told me about, and I don't I couldn't come up with anything better. So why don't you start with with our Frank William Abagnale, Jr. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing this name right, but that An- Ansel Elgort. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, is that how from you Baby say his name? Yeah. Once yeah. again, we can't get anybody under he's, the age he's, of twenty eight. <laughs> Well, Although I guess he's, he could have he's been 24 20. years old. Yeah, we he's 24. I th- he's 24 years old. I think right now is I think that's the truth. I think that's what I was getting confused with him is that he was actually I was looking for somebody younger than Leonardo was. I needed someone who looked younger. Yeah. Now I will say this about him. I don't know if he's got the charisma to pull it off. In Baby Driver, he plays Baby Driver well because he doesn't talk much. I don't have a better solution but I don't know if, if I like him that much because we need someone that really can carry the room. You know what I mean? I mean, Leo's really, really hard to replicate, so you just need someone that can kind of have that. He was in that Billionaire's Boy Club. I didn't see it, but I'm not sure exactly what you knew, what you need. The only other person I could think of is maybe is that kid who just played in the new Robin Hood Oh, I know who Maybe. I know who you're talking about. The guy from um and he's, oh, in, he, and he's in like the Kings the Kingsman movies. I actually would like him in that. He's pretty good. I like him. That's not a bad choice. I got, so I could I could see him possibly doing that too. Let me look him up while uh, I don't know how old he is. Why don't you why don't you move on to the next the next piece? Whoever you want to do next. Next one is uh picking somebody for Tom Hanks's role, Carl Hanratty. And this was a tough one because I was like looking through people and I was just kept thinking of people that I thought could play that role. Like right now, like I was like John Hamm. Yes, he could play that role. Um, Like Matt Damon. Yes, he could play that role. I was even I even threw was like, what if you had Leonardo DiCaprio play that role now? Ooh, that would be interesting. Instead, you know, like just kind of I mean, he's definitely a little bit younger, but. Like you said, he's kind of a fictional character, fictional character in the movie anyway. So you could kind of make him the age you want him to. You'd he's supposed to be a seasoned vet though, so maybe he's a little bit, maybe too young, Leo at this time. But I was like Matt Damon, even like Robert Downey Jr., something like that. Like one of those like three. I thought that like could really 
do a good job. I think I probably would want Matt Damon probably out of the whole group, though. John Hamm's just a little too good looking for me. See, actually, when you said John Hamm, I think he's the perfect fit for it because he can be, he can play it straight. He can have a little bit of comic to him. Um, so can Matt Damon, but I, I don't know if I see Matt Damon serious enough. I see Matt Damon a little, little too about comedic. Robert Downey Jr. See, Robert Downey Jr. has such sarcasm to it. I actually had Sean Bean, but I think he's a little too serious, not comedic enough. I think John Hamm can walk that line between the two. I like actually. I think I like him the most. I'm going to go with Hammy. He's my pick. Next, all right. I'm, I can I can go with that. Uh, oh, next um, we can I looked, do. I looked, um, up, uh, I looked up the guy from the Kingsman, Teron Edgerton. He's 30. Well, 29. He won't be 30 till the end of this year. He looks so. young, though. He looks young. I, I think they could they he could dress young. him up and do it, but so it'd be a little tough. I'm in on it's it. It's a tough age because, like you said, I go because then you have to make him. Then when he starts working for the FBI, you have to make him look older, right? You know, right? Oh, um, I'm looking at his page. I'm seeing this stuff everywhere. I'm trying to figure out what it is. He is going to be. They're making a Elton John biopic, and he's going to play Elton John. I think uh, he's going to kill it. As that. Actually, I think I saw that. He looks. I'm looking at the pictures. He looks um, just like him, like a young Elton John. I, I heard he went out on stage and sang with them and did really well. I'm trying to think. Um, Frank Abagnale Jr., the real like facts, and the one was about the whole um, – when he was – they found him in France. He was in a French prison, and the prison was like a five-by-five-by-five nah, five five, like cell. Ugh, he was like stuck so in for – I can't remember. And it was – and like literally, you know, like a bucket to poop and piss in, you know, it was terrible. And then after he – had his time there, they ship him to Sweden, which you don't see all this other stuff. You only see him in France and then they take him from France back to the U S in the movie, they take him to Sweden. He actually liked Sweden, got like a free college education. He got like, had like a nice apartment, like an apartment, a nice apartment with like a big bed, you know, and like, amen- like nice amenities and like a nice view and everything like that. He said he really liked his time there actually. They found out he was going to Italy next. And then when he was in Italy, knowing that when he was going to Italy, found out that their prison system was worse than France. So he's like freaking out pretty much like that he was going to have to go there. But then what ended up happening was, is that the judge in Sweden revoked his passport, which then made, forced him to be returned to his home country of the United States where he had to serve his 12 years. And when he served his 12 years, they couldn't tell. They couldn't send him anywhere else. They couldn't extradite him anywhere. He was once he served his time in his home country, he was done. So they yeah. wouldn't have to send him anywhere else. So pretty much, the judge saved his ass from having to go to this other. He, he'd probably still be in prison now if the judge wouldn't have revoked that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think an Italian prison would be a great place to be. I'm not that surprised Sweden was that good because Sweden's better than everybody else, so, including especially us. So that's not that surprising. But ba- but back to who would be in the remake. Um, we can do Frank Senior, aka Christopher Walken. Who'd you uh-huh. have for him? I had Eric Bana, the guy that played Hector in Thor. I'm sorry, not Thor in um, Troy. I think he could be a really good dad. I do, but I don't know if he'd play off a good dad for somebody who's like about 20 years old. Eric Bana's like 50. He just he doesn't have. He's he's aged. You're thinking of 20 years ago, 15 years ago, Eric Bana. Let's see how old he is now. He's got he's got a pretty great beard now. 
He's still strikingly good. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure he'd be fine. I, I was more thinking of somebody of a George Clooney, Pierce Brosnan look. Let me look at um, what year Clooney was born. Clooney's seven years older than him, than Eric Bana. Pierce Brosnan's pretty good. I'm just saying that when you also you have to look at is in the movie. Wow, Pierce he Brosnan's looks older. Like, Pierce Brosnan is. 66. That's a little too old to be playing well, when you look at a 20 year old kid. Well, not really. Not really, because guess what? Christopher Walken was six years old when he shot this movie. Okay. I don't hate any one of those. I said, I said, I'm just saying he looked old in the movie too. He did. You know, like, yeah, I don't hate any Christopher one of Walken's those. always had an old look. Christopher Walken's looked old for a while. I mean, you can pick someone like. Stanley Tatucci, Tucci, oh, whatever. Tucci. You could pick him. You know, for care, you know, like love Stanley Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who you got for mom? As soon as I picked this person, then I was like, could she speak with a French accent? I don't know, but I think she fits the the age and the look as uh, Elizabeth Shue. Sure, that could work. I got one for you that can speak with a French accent. Sophie Marceau. She is the queen from. Braveheart, and she's in The World Is Not Enough. She's the the main bad guy in The World Is Not Enough. She is French. So I know she can speak with a French accent. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. All right, so last two. There is and then his daughter Brenda. Who do you have for each? Pick one of the characters I didn't pick for the other dad. <laughs> Yeah, that could work. So it'd be like Pierce Brosnan would be her dad, you know, or like George Clooney would be her dad. I think George Clooney would do a good job of like playing that like I used to be a lawyer, like I got money type of person. I got money and I'm a little rough around the edges. Well, Clooney's not rough around the edges, but like a little bit inquisitive on on who he is. I put John C. McGinley because I feel like McGinley would really give him a hard time. He wouldn't be nearly as inviting as, as Martin Sheen is, but I think he'd be fun in that spot. And then who do you have for Brenda? Uh, for Brenda, I have Sophie Turner. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. I picked uh, Abigail Breslin. She's about that age. She's going to have Zombieland 2 coming out. Do you think that movie works? I think if they remade the movie, I don't think there's a reason to because the movie no. was so good. Like, There's not really a reason to remake it, but um, I think that you could you could do it in – as a ten, as even a ten make part it a little series, bit more. I think, yeah. As a ten part series on I'm Netflix like a, or like Hulu, I said whatever. you could, you could, as I said, you could do it on a Netflix series like that. I'm like, or you could even, I said, if you did a movie, I'm just saying, like, you could even play it. It's his his real story is so ridiculous. I don't, you know, you could almost go a little bit more by the book if you wanted to. Obviously, you have to embellish it to make it entertaining, like certain things, but like. I guess I go, you didn't have to lie to me about when his parents were divorced. Like, I didn't need the mom in the picture as much, really. She was such an ancillary character. I didn't need that. You could have just been like, I needed money. I wanted to impress a girl. So I started started lying. Yeah. And that's all. That would have done it for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't need that divorce. If it's true that really that his parents were divorced when they were 12 years old, have the stories just start before the divorce. Or if you want, have it start after the divorce. I, w- I like starting it right around that 15 age area when he pulls that first 
I yeah, want to get right into be, it. I think it'd be I don't want a lot of backstory, him, you know. Pulling that gas card, this the original scam with the tires and the credit card and everything. Yeah. Like, same with me. I go, I, I think that you should start right around that time. Like that's about exactly when you should start that all up. And I go, and I can say, say, I go, I don't need all that stuff with his dad. I think that was very unneeded in the movie. Yeah. All that stuff, him trying to get his mom and dad back together. Like I really didn't need all of that. I, know, I was just saying, I go, it, it, it's kind of tough to, because he looks older in the movie a little bit and he has these real jobs. It's hard to put yourself back in the place to think deep down, this is still a kid. You know, yeah. Like, by the by the time it gets going, he does not look 16. He looks well, 20. He's doing things that he's doing things you'd think a 30 year old would be doing. So you're looking at him and you're thinking, how can he be, you know, like it's hard for you to remember this kid is doing this 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to put yourself in that mindset when you're watching the movie sometimes. Yeah. And then you have, when you go back and think about it, like the truth behind it about how young he was, you're just like, wow. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, anything else on the movie, Mike, before we go? I think that's about it. It's an awesome movie. That's about it. Agreed. It's nice to go back and rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a while. It's been on TV a ton, but I never really. It's always like I'll catch a couple minutes, or again, I'm, I'm just I don't have the time to get into it, so I, I I pass on it. But it was fun to sit down and watch again. A long time since I'd watched this movie. It's glad yeah, I it's been a while since I've watched it. it again. That's for sure. It's been a while since I've seen it all. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Email us, worththewatchpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Uh, look up, I think it's Worth the Watch Podcast. You'll find us on there. Please keep sharing. Our numbers keep going up, and it's awesome, awesome, awesome. It's, we're so glad people are enjoying us and, and passing along. Send over any comments uh, that you have, any movies you'd like to see. We have a big list, but if, if there's a demand for something, sure, we'll, we'll do it. Our next movie is uh, another comedy because we love our comedies. We'll just say it has, I don't want to put this without giving too much away. There's a dramatic fighting scene towards the end of the movie. We'll say that. Uh, Other than that, thanks and we'll catch you next time. That's right. Go fuck yourself, Ed. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. 
please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about.